Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spicker. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 1110 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. David, how are we doing today? Hey, Rob. Doing great. Feeling ex- good. Yeah? Uh-huh. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I don't want to one-up you. Good is also an appropriate response, but I'm really enjoying this series. I'm ready to I'm ready to land the plane. I say that phrase a lot, I think. You do. In all of our episodes. That you it doesn't mean we're ending right away. It's actually just the beginning. So we're let's launch the plane for the episode so that we can land the plane for the four qualities. That's right. I think our well, listeners are mature enough to have <laughs> stuck with me on that metaphor. And this is really just the beginning because that's right. We're going to come around and go even deeper. I cannot wait for that. And that's a good disclaimer, right? At the beginning of this episode, two two disclaimers to make. <clears throat> disclaimer number one, this is the fourth of four qualities. Today, we're talking about bold and courageous action, the fourth quality of a just leader that you unpack in your book by the same name, The Just Leader Thriving in a Fractured World, which we'll talk about more as we go. But so if you have if you're new to the podcast, new to the series, someone share this with you. I strongly recommend you starting from the beginning back at the Just Foundations this is a five part series. Actually, I think we'll turn into a six part because we have a little bit of an appendix, not to spoil the ending here. So it's a it's a six part podcast series around the four qualities of a just leader. We laid the foundations in the first episode, then we moved to quality number one, seeing the whole playing field, quality number two building cultural competency, and then quality number three, giving power away. And so this final quality is is really meant to build on those other three and talking about what it looks like to, to have bold and courageous action. So that's disclaimer number one. Disclaimer number two is this is an overview. This is not meant to be all-encompassing. This is a survey, a uh, survey course to then say, you know what, you can go get 101, 201, 301. We're gonna, we're going to do that later. This is just meant to be a flyby. So there's the airplane metaphor coming back full circle. And we are we are off today, David. So let's roll up our sleeves, shall we? You ready to yes. talk some I'm action? Ready. Yes, I'm ready to go. Those those doers that are our listeners yeah, have been tapping about, their feet and just waiting. It's about time. They've been salivating for this <laughs> moment. We're like, please, finally. Yeah, enough about seeing stuff, but like, what do I do? Uh, I don't want to I don't want to take the wind out of their sails, but we're probably not gonna <laughs> satiate them as much as they want, but we are going to get into some action-oriented items here. So as we get started, let's define some terms. Always helpful to do up front. David, what do you mean when you say bold and courageous action as a quality of a just leader? Yeah, those words are very intentional. And I, I, I want to get to that in just a second, but I want to just preface this by saying I love all these qualities. I really do. And I really love this part of the book. Mm. It just really resonates with me. 
And I want to say, you know, we said this earlier in, in earlier podcasts that getting to the action part of being just, you know, can happen at different times. This being the fourth quality is intentional because you really need to do the others before that. But that can be done in quick manner if there's a real sense of urgency around the issues that need to be addressed. But, you know, I, th- I feel like we've talked a lot about what we can do all along during hmm. this, this podcast series. And as I write about the other qualities in the book, that there's some action steps that can be taken all throughout. So it ha- it's not like we are waiting finally to act. But in this section, we're really talking about, okay, so when we take action, how should that action look? If, if justice is about who we are and it's become part of our DNA, then how th- then does that animate the way we te- take steps to address injustice? So bold and courageous action, those two words, bold and courageous, are very intentional let me define them. Bold, let me say what it's not. <laughs> it's not amazing, extraordinary, or life transforming. <laughs> you know, all the things you think about when that word comes to mind. Instead, these are actions that typically are pretty ordinary. Hmm. They're everyday, small, faithful steps fueled by conviction, fueled by a need to change something that's broken. They take sacrifice and faith. They're even things that people don't see. So that's what I mean when I say bold. And it's important to know that if you're a just leader, sitting on the sidelines in the face of injustice is not an option. Just leaders act. They have to act. They cannot Hmm. not act. And so being bold and taking steps, again, that are faithful or ordinary, requiring sacrifice, even things that are overlooked, is what I mean by bold. And then courageous. Courageous is because you will face obstacles along the way, you're going to need some courage Mm. to hang in there and to stay in the fight. It's real easy for those of us who can be distant from injustice or have not experienced it that much in our lives. A lot of us may not have the strength to persevere when things get difficult or when some things are on the line that we didn't know we had to put on the line as a result of the steps that we need to take. So we'll need courage. We'll need courage to stand our ground, courage to say hard things, courage to confront conflict, even sometimes attacks from people who are close to us who don't understand what we're doing, have no context for why we may be taking the steps that we're taking. And so that's what I mean when I'm mm. when I say bold and courageous. Mm. Yeah, I love I love how you unpack this in this chapter of the book. You say what makes an action bold isn't the grandness of the action, but the discomfort of it. No one has ever changed the world by being comfortable. If you're comfortable, you might have to check whether you are being just or not, because typically the path of least resistance is the wrong path to take. Yeah, let's let that sit. (laughs) Whoa, like it kind of threads a needle between the bold and the courageous, right? This living in the land of the uncomfortable 
Yeah, and those those are hard. Mess- this is part of the reason why th- these ideas are the fourth quality, mm. because you can't start there. You know, that's not a good recruiting pitch. Terrible, <laughs> terrible <laughs> to become to become a just leader. This is what it's going to require. But if you understand where we've been along the way, then this makes sense, makes perfect mm. sense about how we need to act and what this begins to look like. Hmm. Yeah, I would say that when it comes to being a just leader, how we handle discomfort, honestly, how we handle discomfort is so much bigger than this conversation too. It transcends not only leadership, not only justice. Honestly, it's it's a life issue that applies here as well, right? Human nature is to be comfortable yeah, and as we've talked about before, you know, our path to being not only a just leader, but a, a leader who thrives is about dying to self, decreasing mm. so that others increase, becoming uncomfortable, disadvantaging ourselves for the downward advantage of mobility. others. Yep. Yeah, yep. It's downward mobility. My tendency is to gather things around me that are going to make me feel satisfied and whole comfortable things, things that allow me to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Right. Anesthetize myself from the pain. And, you know, I'm constantly reminded of how those things are dead ends. Mm. And so Mm. this is no different as we think about being just, taking action that's bold and courageous. That That boldness and courage is centered on how we decrease so that others might increase. That's a really helpful framework. And in your book, you ha- kind of break this down into three categories around action. Action that's unpopular, action that's disruptive, and then action that's slow. Ooh, these are some heavy hitters. I can't wait. Which should we choose? I feel like we need a wheel and just spin uh, the wheel and say, I don't know. This is, this is, there's no warm up here. So let's just take them one by one in the order that you present in the book, shall we? I'm sure you put a lot of yep. thought into that order. So action that's unpopular in the age of the influencer, <laughs> that's a pretty radical distinction right out the gate. You're, you're, you're not pulling punches here, David. You're decoupling a pursuit of justice with gaining followers or that those two are always inextricably linked, right? Pursuit of justice with getting likes and just doing the, the thing that's going to make the most people happy. Yeah, this is interesting because normally we take action when we feel the affirmation of others, and we even get consensus on whether we're doing the right thing. And I'm not dismissing that at all with this. It is very important to have great discernment and to get people who know us, who can help us validate the steps that we want to take. And yet, being just means you're typically going against the norm. And a lot of norms in our life are not necessarily just. We've become very used to what's normal, and we live our lives in a in a context in which it is very easy to overlook injustices because they're just normal. So I talk about this in the book. There are 38 million people right now in poverty. That means that for a family of four, they earn less than about $25,000 a year, and that's who's considered poor. So in even the U- that, United States, in the U.S.? In, in, yeah, in the United yeah. States. <clears throat> so if you're, so that number of 38 million is actually low in light of 
people who are trying to just get by mm. to have a living wage to take care of themselves and their families. That's normal, but it's not just. There are schools in our communities that have different resources based on where they're located and the types of families and students that are part of those schools. And we see that as normal, but it's not just. We hire people who are like us, who are from our own networks. Largely, those networks are homogeneous and are people like us. And so people get opportunities as a result of that. And those are the strategies that we pursue to hire people for our organizations. That's normal, but it may not be just. So these are things that, again, are unpopular. If we take a step outside of those lanes and we, say, take a completely different hiring practice for how we're going to find people to come work for our organization, or we're going to take a step that, again, people would question or wonder, what are we thinking? Hmm. How did you get to that conclusion? Particularly if we are people who are close to injustices and there are a lot of people around us who are not close to those injustices. There's just not context for people to understand the steps that we're taking. Hmm. So get ready to be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. The three points that you make in the book under action that's unpopular, you talk about being prepared to go at it alone, be prepared to be misunderstood, and be prepared to face criticism. That's the path. That's the path of action that's unpopular, and it's going to require some thick skin, right? We should not go in with rose-colored glasses on this journey. And those those who are already on the journey know that these things are, are all true. You know, they've already had the stones thrown, right? Typically, just leaders are, are bridge builders. They're, mm. they're bridging gaps between groups of people or across issues. And what happens to bridges, Rob? They get walked on. They do. They get walked on. And so you can feel walked on. You can feel isolated and in between groups like you don't have a home even. It's hard sometimes for people to feel like they can belong to one group because if they mm. belong to one group, then they don't belong to another group. And they don't want to do that because they want to be a bridge builder between those two groups. And that's mm. often an experience for those who are just. So I would encourage you, if your leader feels alone, maybe one of the things that is a result of that is you're, you're being just. Mm. You're doing some things that are actually pushing the envelope on some issues that people don't understand. But you are so convicted because of the things that you're seeing in your world the intentional steps that you have taken to move into places where you know things need to be healed. It is very normal for you to feel alone and misunderstood and to face criticism. I just want to encourage you. Hmm. That's not necessarily a factors that demonstrate that what you're doing is wrong. In fact, it can be the exact reasons that what you're doing is very right. Hmm. And so I want you to feel that today if you're, you're listening and you find yourself in that situation. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I would hope that that's what partly what motivates some of our listeners to tune into these episodes is a sense of community, a sense of community the same way that I feel that working with you, David, that I have felt that bridge-like identity in life oftentimes where I just feel like God has 
given me a, through different lived experiences I've had and, and different things that have happened in my life, even, even suffering to kind of give me empathy for a lot of different groups, which means you not really feel like you ever really fit into in any one group. And so you're right. Loneliness can be a good sign. It, it's not a guarantee. You might be lonely as a leader because you're kind of a jerk or you're pretty stingy and you yes. need to give vacation time. You know, like, so it's not, it, it gets the other way, but I do think I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to our listeners, people who are tuning in and are on this journey with us that more often than not, that probably is an indicator light of you're on the right path. Well, now that we're properly warmed up, let's move to that second tenet that you talk about in the book around action. It's unpopular and it's disruptive. So this is a term that gets used in the business space all the time, right? It's You think about it in that context, usually in reference to a radical change in an industry or a strategy seen as like being innovative. So help make a connection to a term that people are pretty used to and flush that out in the way that you define it in your book, because you're using this as a descriptor for a just leader. So what do you mean by action that's disruptive in that sense? I mean, action that disrupts broken systems, that there are systems that are broken in our society as a result of individual decisions that have been made over time that have been baked into systems within our culture that create injustices just because, and again, going back to what I was saying before, that have become normative, Mm -hmm. that these are the way things are because these systems over time are now operating almost without any thought. They just happen automatically. And in order to be just, we can't just look at individual behaviors whether they are our own individual behaviors that need to be addressed or those of others, we have to have an understanding of the broken systems that we're a part of and the ways that we can heal those broken systems. Now this gets really difficult and almost paralyzing because you might feel like you can take a step toward this But because the system is so ingrained and baked into our world that no matter what little bite we try to take off with this system, it just overruns us and Mm. we can't get any traction. This requires a lot of insight. It requires connecting to people and community who care about those systems. It's important to think through all of the factors that influence the system and how we can begin to influence those things that can turn a system around. We have to recognize that those systems have huge impacts. And when you are in those systems, you you feel that mm. deeply and daily. Mm. And they're real. And those of us who may operate outside of those systems in terms of being influenced by their brokenness, we may be benefiting from broken systems. It's very important for us to get close to those who experience this on a daily basis in ways that are that are really discouraging and creates obstacles in front of folks that seem insurmountable for them to overcome. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's entire trainings that take days to unpack what we're covering in just a few minutes. Two down. Last one to go. Action that is unpopular, action that is disruptive, 
and then you actually land the plane with action that is slow. And this one, if this hasn't broken people's brains yet, <laughs> this one might be the hardest one, David. Honestly, it might be the hardest. I think you've saved it, that one for last, because our, our culture worships at the altar of speed and efficiency. And we take incredible pride with how quickly we get things done. So if that's our audience and that's our culture and that's the waters we're swimming in of speed, and your advice for being a just leader is to slow down, you know, surely I've misheard you there. Let's make this the bottom line because this is really important. So this is, the, this is the bottom line for this episode. Is that you being efficient or... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's me being efficient. <laughs> oh man, we got to wrap up. We, we do. We got to. We got to go. We got to go. Let's combine these last two. All right, I'll let you get away with it for this one. Action that's slow. We need to have a sense of urgency to take steps toward justice today, so that our children, their children, and their children's children can see the impact of what we're doing today, which we may never see. And so we have to understand that being a just leader, the, the expectations of outcomes and how we're trying to move the needle on an issue has a long view. Mm. And I don't mean slow down necessarily, although that's appropriate at times. We need to be able to see and diagnose the right problems so that we act in the right ways which we've already talked about. And like we've already mentioned, there's some things that need urgency, that need our attention now. So I don't mean to slow down, but I mean to understand how we recognize the impact of our work Hmm. and that that's typically very slow. Not Hmm. all the time, but typically. And that we are going after impacts that are generational, not just tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, five years. No, we're talking about generations. We want the things that we're doing today to make the world in which our great, great, great grandchildren live more just. And so that takes a whole different view and perspective in the ways that we act. You know, when you act with a long view like that, man, you're going after, you're thinking through real solutions. And you're casting vision and you're bringing people along in ways that they can get really excited. And even though they may not ever see the results of your work, you know that you're planting seeds for generations to come. Hmm. So there's a lot to say there. Hmm. And this is the last part of the book. So don't want to give all of it away, but you're going to spoil the ending. That's right. But honestly, I find a great deal of freedom in this Hmm. personally and a great deal of really being prayerful and understanding the heart of God as I think about the way he might use me and the others around me to take steps toward being a just leader. And that, as you can imagine, is vital Hmm. for this to have the kind of impact that it should have. I hope it's just encouraging to those of us who are listening. It might be surprising. How can you say slow? Particularly for those who are experiencing injustice and oppression and like 
survival is the operative word and you know, you don't want anybody to be slow. And that's, right. again, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying acting slow, but expecting the way we understand impact over time and what we're pushing toward in order to have impact for generations to come. Yeah. You, you, you use this quote a lot with our groups of quoting Martin Luther King Jr. of the time is always right to do right. Right. This idea of, and, that, and you spoke to that already around urgency is we're not saying go slower than is needed. Take a sense of urgency because injustice is the stakes are really high even today. But I, I think it all, it all goes back full circle. I hear you talk about slow. It's a posture change of this long arc of your perspective changing on what is the legacy that my actions are leaving. And I don't, I'm then okay with maybe not seeing the results as quickly because these are big, these are big things. I mean, we talked about systems today. These are trees that have, have deep roots and those trees don't get pulled up in a day. And so we shouldn't be discouraged if it takes a while or we may never even see the bottom, but we're then passing the shovel to the next generation, right? To, to keep digging. Unpopular, countercultural, and a lot of times counterintuitive to the way we're wired. Yeah, and so we have to reframe the way we think in order to pursue this in the right way. Hmm. Well, as we conclude this series around the four qualities of a just leader, and to kind of provide this overview of your your upcoming book, uh, soon to be released book, we're next week we're going to circle back. We're going to talk a little bit about a practical tool that you have provided people to give them something really tangible and tactile to be able to take some practical steps to live out this, this, these last few chapters around action that is unpopular, disruptive, and slow. That is, I think, really reflective and, and creates opportunity for reflection, but then also oriented around action and, and taking steps. So I'm excited. This is where we get, we get really, really practical and then start to think about what does it look like to, to live out the principles that we're talking about here. So stay tuned. The final part is coming your way next week. That's great. Thanks, Rob. To learn more about 1110 Leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11, then spelled out T-E-N leadership.com. That's 11-T-E-N leadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.